When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 725 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined by a slew of guests today. James Dean Raider. He came back from Alabama this weekend. Kind of a a wild weekend down there for you football fans. (laughs) It it was crazy, yeah. And speaking of football, we've got John Kozak, a a Michigan man, sort of. A Michigan fan. Iowa Iowa man. Okay. Uh, Big Ten uh, championship game, Iowa versus Michigan. That's going to be great. And then uh, there's Shane Sparks, Mr. Wisconsin himself. What's going on, buddy? Good morning, gentlemen. Hope you all have a good Thanksgiving. Christian, real quick, where did you get the, the, uh, the intro music? Where did that come from? Uh, I don't know. I think we found... It's free. <laughs> so, so or, I remember, I wanted to... Um, I just searched. We have this, like... Uh, I forget what it's, what it's even called now, because we don't use it anymore. But basically, you can get this license-free music. LimeWire. Okay. <laughs> Not LimeWire. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I found... I searched. I don't even know what the search term was, but I found it, and uh, yeah, the, the rest is history. Probably everyone hates yeah, it, but I, it, I like yeah. it. Yeah, you hear that song, you know exactly what time it is. There you go, oh, yeah. But I like it. Yeah. But, uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning, and what a morning it is. I mean, somehow this guy, Nick Suriano, finds a way to be in the news cycle for non-sort of, I'll call it non-wrestling related, non-wrestling, non-competition related information. And since 2017, we've been talking about this guy, I don't know how many shows, and it's <laughs> Only probably one out of every eight shows. It's about him actually wrestling a match, and the guy wrestles some. But the, but he's done it again. Nikki Wolverine introducing. He made it uh, official yesterday. We've been talking about where he's going to go for the last several months, and he put it out officially. He's going to be a Wolverine, and so he is the Wolverine. He is the Wolverine, right? <laughs> he, he looks like a. He looks like he could play Wolverine on X Men, and. When you think about this decision and what what it makes, I think across the board, this decision makes a lot of sense for for all parties involved. Um, For for Nick, you find a place where there's some lineup synergy, I would say. Now, does he fit seamlessly there? He's going to knock out an NCAA qualifier at one of those weight classes, right? Jack Medley or Dylan Raggison, if he goes 25 or 33, he's knocking someone quality to the bench for sure. But... There's good synergy with the team, and I think what makes the most sense is you got to figure the guy's going to 
be tired of bouncing around. He goes from Penn State to Rutgers, New York City, Arizona. Now he's at Michigan. Does he could really want to find a, his his senior level home another place after this? And for Michigan, it makes a lot of sense um, with with the RTC Cliff Keen Wrestling Club. They got KJ Coach Bella Glazov's there, um, and the already established staff there and. Um, he can help make a push for Michigan in Detroit, which is a, a, a huge opportunity. But the question is that came up, and we were talking about it pre-show. Shane likes to he likes to get into the bits before they even the mics cut on. He was ready to go, and the question became, well, does this push Michigan into title contention? Does this make them a contender? To which Shane Sparks says. Absolutely, it makes him a contender. And I will guarantee you this. If you talk to anybody at Penn State or Iowa, they'll tell you the same thing, at least on those coaching staffs, because as we know in this sport, and I can't reiterate this enough, and this is, again, I'm not saying that they're the heavy favorite. I'm not saying that. The question is simply, are they a contender? They have the talent when you look at that lineup to contend. Think about these things in Division One wrestling. Injuries. There's my first word, injuries. They happen. One, when, you're, when you're looking to win a national title or a trophy, it doesn't take much to put you off course. One injury to somebody, all hell breaks loose. And not to mention this, guys, I hate to even say this out loud, but I'm going to. There's this thing out there called COVID that has also altered a few things. Mm-hmm. This Michigan team is very good. Suriano, I agree, agree with everything you've said, Christian. He fits in perfectly. I will say this. Sean Bormet is just a boss, too. Yeah. I mean, Sean Bormet is, I just have so much respect for him. And I just think he does such a phenomenal job. And this is a Sean Bormet move. Now, I know there have been some, some rumblings that he would end up at Michigan. But the, the second the, the rumblings began, in my own mind, I'm like, he'll end up at Michigan. Because Sean just finds a way to get, just gets things done. I, yeah. I, I mean, in, in the Kevin Jackson move, that's that kind of, I mean, I didn't know anything about that. That, that was like, man. You know, of course, that was another great movie. This does little things, but of course they're a contender. No question. Yeah, and that was a brilliant move, bringing in KJ, you know, someone who's had his hands on and and coached, you know, the best up-and-coming talent and all his experience that he brings on the freestyle side. And then to get Nick Sergano, it it, it sounded like Michigan sort of came into the picture later than the other the other schools did. Obviously, Penn State was was in the mix, Iowa State, Ohio State, um, some other schools, and then Really, it seemed like later on, Michigan came into focus and it became sort of the a, a clear option. And I think the reason I think they're they're a contender, um, there's a variety of reasons. One, he, he's I, I think he's more of a contender at 25, or he makes Michigan more of a contender at 25 than 33 because the the, the depth at 33 is is freaky. I mean, if he goes 33, and listen. Can he win 33? He has. He has won it, and he can win it again. But when you think about what he would have to do to win it and the guys he's going to have to go through, he will have to go through, at minimum, two of these guys. He'll have to go through Dayton Fix, who just won a tournament he was in and then got silver at Worlds, who has beaten him in folk style and collegiate wrestling. He will have to beat Austin DeSanto, who he's won and won against. He could have to beat Roman Bravo Young, who's the returning national champion who beat Dayton Fix, who... You can already picture that match in your head. You already know how that one's going to go. Those guys are not going to be able to score on each other. How, who's getting a takedown there? You got two of the quickest, most elusive 33s in the game. How is that going to be anything but a one takedown match? Okay. How is that, that decide if it at most 
to me, I think that's a tiebreaker match, right? I, I, I could, I don't see those guys taking each other down. I've watched them and Dayton wrestle, Nick and Dayton wrestle umpteen times, and they can really, they can't take each other down. And then you've got Vito Ruzia, who has the last win over over Nick Suriano. <clears throat> now he can beat those guys, but those guys can beat him, and they've proven as such. So it's it's a really uphill battle. Now there is a potential major major upside for on the Michigan side if he goes thirty three. And he wins because you knock down both Roman and DeSanto. But that's a big gamble where you look at 25, and I'm looking at it from the pragmatic side, not the elite competitor side, obviously. Pragmatically, 125, he's in the finals, right? I think he beats Glory. I don't think that's it. And then all he needs to do is be opposite Spencer Lee in the seating. Now, weird things can happen with that. But I think he, I think he probably would be. And then I think it's Spencer Lee versus Nick Suriano. Saturday night in in Detroit and man I don't think I don't think there's a bigger match in NCAA wrestling than if that one happens and so that's why you know as a fan of the sport I want that drama I wanted that that Dake Taylor drama 2013 and we could have it here with with Spencer and and Nick and I just I selfishly hope it happens I think it would be I think it would be an amazing amazing moment for the sport I think it would drive insane viewership uh, for NCAA finals, and yeah, so I sort of, I sort of hope that's what happens. Although I don't think that decision's been made. Does it change your yeah. mind at all if Vito ends up going down to twenty-five by NCAs? No, and another obstacle. I don't think I don't. And one less obstacle at one thirty-three. I don't think so. Uh, I don't. I mean, Vito's obviously really good and can beat can beat Nick, but I think if I had to rank the toughest matchups for Nick at 33 I think Dayton and Roman are the two toughest matchups and I know I say that and I know I love Vito I think he's so good but I end up picking against him a lot and a lot of times I'm wrong about that I, I didn't think Nick would lose to him at senior nationals in 2019 and he did um, and I didn't think Nick was gonna or Vito was gonna make the Olympic trials finals and Check he out did Dayton. Took out Dayton Fix, so you know, shame on me, continually. But I, I don't. That doesn't change things in my mind. I mean, it'll be a lot harder for him to make the finals, but he'll still probably only have to go through one, a combination of, of Glory or Vito. I don't think he'd have to go through both of them in all likelihood. But it's gonna be, you know, Shane. What's gonna be interesting is this guy's second semester limited matches. He's gonna have to really have a strong. He's not gonna be able to pick his spots and then just go to Big Tens. And, and hope he's going to get a good seed. It's going to be tough for him. Had a really interesting conversation last week with John Smith. You guys have talked to him a, a bunch of times. I mean, that's a guy, when you talk to John Smith, you just get a lot smarter about wrestling when you hang up the phone. I love talking to him. And we were talking about freestyle folk style. And um, Oh, boy. Uh, when you, well, when you, when you come back uh, to folk style after an extended period of time focusing on freestyle, for example, like Dayton Fix. And it was my assumption, and I've never, full disclosure, no surprise here, I've never wrestled Division One. I've never wrestled high-level freestyle wrestling. So my, the perception in my mind was it's like riding a bike, right? Because you often hear this, wrestling is wrestling. And that is just, I mean, come on. That, that's just tunes. not true. It's not true. Yeah. Exactly. Not <laughs> Why do true. people say not that? True. I want to bury yeah, that. I want to bury that cliche. I'm with you. Let's let's do it today, November okay. 30th, 2021. That is R.I.P. Wrestling is wrestling is dead. It, it Rest doesn't in peace. exist. Rest in peace. So, so because my perception was like 
you know, especially a guy like Dayton Fix, as good as he is or anybody else, it's like riding a bike. I mean, getting off from on bottom or riding a guy, I mean, how, how much different is it? And he, he goes, it doesn't work like that. There's a big, you know, it's a big deal to come back. And he talked about the conditioning, you know, how, how much, I mean, freestyle wrestling is not as tough as folk style from a conditioning standpoint. Right. And to get that feel back. So you're, you bring up a really good point that I was thinking about when, when you were talking. I don't automatically assume either. Suriano's phenomenal, but I don't automatically assume, and I'm not saying you did, but that he's in the finals. I, I agree with you. Not as many landmines at 125 as 133. That's just the reality. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's just been so long, right? It's just it's just been so long since we. I mean, is the last folk style match he wrestled was that against Fix? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. I mean, I was ancient uh, history. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And so, how's you know how's he going to look? Um, you know, and it's interesting at 25 because we haven't seen Spencer yet. We haven't got our first glimpse of. This healthier version of Spencer Lee, not the that he's healthy, not that he's going to be a hundred thousand percent. Obviously, there's a reason he's not wrestling right now. Uh, but you know, there, there's going to be mystery about Nick, how he's going to look at folk style, and there's going to be mystery about about Spencer till we see him back on the mat. And we know, and the thing is with Spencer, is we're not going to know until he he has to wrestle someone so good to really pull it out of him probably before we're really going to know how how healthy he is because once he gets on top i mean i i think legs and knees matter but not as much as they do on your feet so if he just gets on top quick we're not going to have a full understanding of of where he's at wrestling wise so i'm and i'm curious and maybe this is a segue here when are we going to see spencer when are we going to see iowa full strength because they they had five starters out We've had a, a Penn State team that's that's had some some big holes in it, and that's another thing in this whole Michigan, Iowa, Penn State thing is we haven't seen any of these teams full go yet, right? And maybe we've seen Penn State's best lineup. I don't think we probably have, but we certainly haven't seen Iowa's best lineup. And until you see all those guys on the mat, it's a there's a little bit of speculation. Where's Jacob Warner? What's going on with him? Where's Max Murin? Um, we know, kind of know the deal with Spencer Lee, but seeing Nelson Brands wrestle at 174 a, an extended period of time is sort of alarming to me because what does that say about Michael Kimmer? Because I thought Nelson Brands was going to be there 84. But also, where's Abe Asad? Because Miles Wilson wrestled. Because well, Asad just kind of been wrestling. Yeah, so, I, I mean, there's a lot of questions about these lines. There's a ton of firepower on all these teams. There's a ton of firepower on Iowa and Penn State and Michigan. But... You know, and getting to Michigan, where's Mason Paris? Is he healthy? Right? Because we haven't seen him. So there's there's so much unknown. And how much of that, Shane, do you think is it's November and we're just not going to put guys out and not going to have that risk? Or how much is it, hey, maybe there's there's legitimate injuries here and we're, we don't want to see these guys. Th- these guys literally can't wrestle. Yeah, those are, those are great questions. Probably a combination of both would be my guess. I mean, I, I know this. These coaching staffs know exactly what they're doing. But I I mean, I'm just going, again, I have no idea. But the, the Spencer Lee thing is interesting to me. It's just it's just interesting. I mean, I uh, I don't know. I, I just, I'm really curious to see how this stuff plays out as, you know, like we're talking about, because I'm not sure. I The, the one example that, that comes to mind for me, and I could be wrong on this. I just kind of shoot off the, off the cuff. But 
when Ohio State won it in 2015, mm-hmm. I don't believe they had that championship lineup until the Big Tens. I don't think yeah. it was ever everybody set up until the Big Tens. And that's one thing we know in college wrestling, right or wrong, the way it is, the reality is it's about that national tournaments and you're you're ready by the conference tournament. Well, I mean, now you get to you get I mean it's you gotta wrestle more, I guess, but it's just not uh I think probably a lot of it's it's November. It's a long season. I mean, national tournaments, what four months away? And that's yeah. a long time. So there's just no reason. You know, the the the, uh, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, right? Is that how you say it? I mean, yeah. right now, there's just no reason to, to to push these guys out there. Yeah. and so, If they're not ready. Right. Talking with uh, our friend Andy Hamilton, he said in 2010, uh, the last Metcalf year at Iowa, that they didn't have their full lineup until Big Tens. And they ended up winning that year, kind of running away with it. Uh, Keddy had a neck injury, I'm pretty sure. Dennis, ankle, Erickson had torn his pack. So they were kind of like piecemealing it together until Big Tens. And then, you know, they kind of ran away with it that year. I'm pretty sure that was one of their most dominant wins. So, yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it in the past. It's unfortunate for wrestling fans to not see the <laughs> the team's full go. And, you know, we're, we're tuning in. We can't wait to watch. We, these fans are showing up. They're watching these matches. And we're, we're seeing it kind of across the board, like, you're expecting one thing, and then you get a different lineup. And this isn't about any one program. This is a, there's a number of programs that, that that could be referring to right now. Um, so with with Soriano, I I thought the decision was made about the weight. I don't think it is though. I don't think it's 100 percent known what weight he's going to go. Maybe in Michigan's mind or Nick's mind, it's made, but I don't. It doesn't seem like it's fully fully known. Um, so I I would assume we would get that decision probably not anytime soon. But I, what I'm curious about is for Ragason, you know, he's a guy who has a red shirt available, but he's also wrestled. If they pull, I think it would be a, an interesting signal if they pull him out of competition. You can you can finesse like a medical red shirt pretty easily with with that stuff. If you haven't wrestled a certain amount of time, it's pretty easy to get a medical red shirt. So maybe that's available. So keep a close eye on Dylan and if he keeps wrestling, then I would assume maybe they're not going that route or maybe that means Nick's going 125. I don't know. Um, that was my first thought for the team was with Regison having a red shirt and the depth of 133 compared to 25, Medley's more of a all-American threat. Maybe than Ragason, but maybe it's uh, you know negligible the difference there. What's well, interesting because maybe Medley is more of an all-American threat, but I, I feel like Ragason is the better wrestler with a little more upside. So it's like weighing those two things as well. But I I don't know I don't know. I mean Ra- Medley is is super tough guy, but it's hard to envision him on the podium. Whereas Ragason's like kind of a blue chipper. He showed what he was really tough last year, especially in in freestyle. Um, but I don't, yeah. So I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting topic. Um, it, it certainly adds another wrinkle of excitement for for the NCAA season. But Michigan, we updated the the rankings, and even with the addition of Soriano, uh, it did bring Michigan up to from fifth to third. But they're still back here. Let me look at this. So it's one twenty one Iowa, one oh nine Penn State, seventy one and a half Michigan. So there's still a lot of points to be to be made up for Michigan, and you know, for a team like Iowa, they're 
they're close to optimized on the point side. Like they can't earn many more for a lot of their guys. So they they're gonna need some regression there back. And Michigan's gonna have to out they're gonna have to have guys like Dylan and Ragason or and um Luan and Store and Amin take jumps up if they wanna really and I'm talking about Cam Amin, big jumps up if they wanna push for the title. But I think a trophy is now well well at hand. And how much juice does this give? You know, we've got Michigan versus Arizona State January third, live on flow. What if that's Nick's first match for Michigan? That would be freaking insane. I think Michigan's also gonna need to get Massa back. Oh yeah. That's the other thing. Which, they gotta get Massa back. All signs are pointing towards no, but now maybe this is kinda like the straw that breaks the camel's back. <laughs> They finally yeah. wear Massa down into coming back. Maybe they, they got Michich back. How can you, you got to get Massa back, right? <laughs> you think so? Yeah, because Massa. I, I know. I think he recently had a baby. I mean, he's kind of he probably aged quite a bit. You know, that that'd be my guess. But who knows? Maybe it's uh, intriguing enough uh, where he gets uh, lured back in. Yeah. I mean, I was still obviously the, the clear favorite, but. This sport is too many, too many crazy things happen. The best part about this sport is you got to go out and do it. Like yeah. you got to go out and do it, period. So. Yeah. And you, you just have no idea. An interesting thing with Iowa, they were supposed to wrestle Oregon State on Sunday. And then poor, poor Chris Pendleton and company, they could not get out of Corvallis. They could not get to Iowa City. And so they had to cancel. And Army was wrestling Iowa State the day before. And so they got on the phone, and Coach Kevin Ward stepped up and gave him uh, gave him the meeting. And um, otherwise, Iowa would not have had a duel. Or actually, it sounded like Cal Cal Baptist would have. Cal uh, Baptist, yeah, mm-hmm. they would have done it too, which is pretty pretty awesome. Um, and so that that was cool that we got to see a duel. Did do you guys have any major takeaways from the from the Iowa Army duel? If you saw it, uh, PJ Ogasanya looked good. Yeah. Um. Besides that, not really. Um, it's, it's really just more the Iowa lineup continues to be a question. Yeah, a vocal talking point. Yes, I kind of went went wild on Twitter about the the neutral danger zone rule. I thought they really botched the call in the Ibarra Chauvin match. I didn't understand. Um, I mean, Ibarra looked like he was probably going to win the match. He was getting all the offense off primarily, but man, yeah, it's just. If you're both on your back, the count's supposed to stop, and I didn't think he held him for three seconds. And we're probably talking about a match that, that doesn't really matter, but, man, maybe. <laughs> I think it mattered. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it should have been called differently. but um, most, most I think the coolest thing about that, that duel had nothing, you know, from my perspective, it wasn't even about the wrestling. It was about Army coming to, you know, wrestle Iowa in that duel, and now I think what, what's going to ultimately happen is I think Iowa's going to, Return the favor, go out to West Point. That'll be great for their program. Maybe they do something with Cal Baptist. I believe it was Sacred Heart that, that wrestled Penn State at Sacred Heart a few weeks ago. Yeah. I think that is well, so big, so big for those programs when they get those powerhouses to come in. And uh, that's I, I like to see that. I think it's really good for the sport. I think that's really important. So I, I thought I thought that was great. Yeah, I feel like in, in the wrestling community, everyone was just like, dude, how cool is Army for, for stepping up and taking – Taking the match, so I think it, I think it was even though you yeah, had you gotta go and you gotta take your medicine a little bit when you're <laughs> wrestling Iowa. There's there's yeah. a there's the other side to the coin, but I think it was a net gain for the for the Army wrestling program. For sure, I mean those kids got to wrestling Carver Hawkeye. I mean yeah. that's a cool 
That's a cool deal. I mean, that that'd be an awesome opportunity. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was great. Yeah, like you said, you go out and maybe get whipped up a little bit, but that's uh, what what an experience for those guys. Taking a beating is not the worst thing. You know, it happens. <laughs> right? What's the big deal? It happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shane, what's what's next for you? What's the next uh, match you're going to get to commentate? Man, it's not for a month. Got a little, little time off here. I, be, I believe. I believe. I might. Uh, I'm not sure what the deal is on the Midlands. I'm not sure exactly uh, how that's going to shake out yet. But um, other than that, it's early January. Uh, right. January. It's it's in Iowa. Uh, it, it's a weekend in Iowa City. I don't even know who it is. Big Big know. Ten. Couple Big Ten duels in Iowa. Okay. All right. So well. just be. I'm just looking forward to sitting back this weekend, putting the computer on, and watching Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah. You should come. God, that'd be fun. That's that's a that's a great event. That is a great event for Which sure. Are, yeah. Have you seen? Uh, we I did a video with Kozak yesterday about 149. Yanni Sasso, uh, Yaya Thomas, um, <laughs> Jaden Abbas, Ridge, love it. Yeah, uh, Blockus and, and one uh, Mitch Moore. I mean, that is a that is a ridiculous weight class. Any any weights you're you're more or less excited about? Uh, I mean, every one of those is stacked. I one one forty nine with Sasso and Yanni that possibility, and I love Ridge Lovett. I mean, Ridge Lovett to me is I mean, he's one of those guys that would give me nightmares if I was wrestling him the night, you know, wrestling him the next day because he can. I've always said with Ridge Lovett, hang a curveball and just watch him blast at four hundred twenty five feet. You better not miss location on that guy. He's, he's just so exciting. I just love I love how he wrestles. He goes out and lets it fly, and uh, but. Uh, I mean the possibility of of Sasso Yanni. How can how can that not be the headliner? Yeah, for sure. And it's I'm excited to watch Yanni first tournament up at 149. Uh, he's wrestled at 143 internationally. He's won his two titles at 141. I don't. I feel like his style translates fine up up a weight class. I don't think it's going to be a thing at all. I think he's going to be plenty big for it. I thought he looked plenty big against against Jaden Abbas. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for. Always excited to watch Yanni and Vito um, back in the mix. Yeah. It's going to be a... Yep. Has there ever been a wrestler? I mean, you guys have been around this a long time. I was thinking about this the other day. With, like, Yanni on social media, has there ever been a guy... I'm sure there has, you know, guys that are close, but what an awesome guy he is. I mean, he just... He, to me, is everything that is right with yeah. college athletics. Yeah. He's fantastic. Either him or, or AJ Ferrari, the two just classiest social sure. media followers. <laughs> um, I would say, I would say Yanni. Yes, I, I mean there's there's not many close, and Yanni is like, it's not just a social media persona. He's just like that. He's just a really cool, good dude, very personable guy. Um, yeah, he's he's awesome. What did you make of? Uh, did you watch him versus versus uh, Abbas at Stanford? I, I did not. I did not. Well, he gave he gave a little. I don't. I guess I haven't been on the show since this happened. But um, he gave the little like a kind of a crying. I gesture. heard about that. Yeah, I I was I was sort of surprised by that. I don't know, but you know, there must have been some chirping or something going on for that yeah. to, to happen. And yeah, probably you know, not I, something you see from him a lot. But probably with the situation, a lot of emotions there. I mean, it's it, it's it's understandable why why it could happen. But yeah, definitely uh, outside of his. You know, you don't see that much from him, but hey. To me, that okay. that actually, like, focused it more for me. It's like, okay, of course, it happened because, well, look at the situation here. You've got a guy who came here, Cole recruits you. You're going to win a national title here. We're going to 
make this push for a team title, and then boom, Max Dean transfers, and you're you're on the next train out, and you go to Stanford, and you're a college wrestler. That's that's and how much of it do you blame Rob for, or and how much is do you just use that as fuel for your fire? I don't know, but man, I don't I don't blame if it's not all love between he and, and Rob right now. And I think probably deep down they're they're still both. I think there's a lot of respect there. Oh but, sure, but um, you know, um, if this was if this was uh, if wrestling was like college football, we'd be talking about. Tom Brands, Kale Sanderson, and Tom Ryan go to different schools this morning. Oh my gosh! Yeah, all these, uh, all these, pro- and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I, we could get on the whole college football and the coach. People, people get really mad. I, I'm dying that Lincoln Riley left. That just cracks me up that he's going to to USC. It's like, oh, we're going to SEC. Perfect. I'm out. Let me get to let me go to Cali. Um, wild, wild. Hey, we got a special guest here. Uh, someone Shane Sparks knows well. And you're going to get to know him here soon. His name is Dustin Conway. If you don't know, this episode is presented by Takedown, number one in singlets, made in the USA. Visit TakedownShop.com for all the latest wrestling swag and build your own one-off singlet. Use code FLOW for 20% off your purchase. And we welcome to the show CEO, founder of Takedown, Dustin Kawa. Dustin, how's it going? Welcome. Good. How you guys doing? Up, we got we got Shane Sparks on here. Good she to know, see you, Dustin. You know we're doing good. You know we're doing good. So, Dustin, why don't you for for those at home that that don't know as much about you? What is your background in the sport? I I, I made a couple phone calls. Hey, who's this Dustin Kawa guy? I talked to um, our buddy Lee Roper. He said this guy, he's he's a stud. He put a he put a Roper. put a beating on me one a time or two back in the wrestling days. So you were a, you were a, gr- a great wrestler back in the day. But give give uh, fans at home a little perspective on you. Uh, where do I start? Let's say uh, started. I'm a Georgia boy to start with. Uh, started wrestling at seven years old. Uh, won a couple state titles in, in Georgia. Was able to win high school nationals back in 1999. Uh, senior nationals, which at the time was was um, you know a, a group of only state champions and finalists all in one bracket. And so that at the time was really the 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 ticket that gave me the scholarship. Uh, college opportunity being a Georgia kid uh, at the time in 99 I never knew a college wrestler it's funny to even say that you know with, with internet and flow today you know you get visibility to all types of athletes but in in, in 99 I never knew a college wrestler and it's kind of crazy to say that now 20 years later uh, but but wrestling at senior nationals gave me that scholarship to wrestle at North Carolina State um, got a full scholarship to wrestle there uh, was a couple-time ACC champion and, and four-time NCAA qualifier. So that that's kind of my personal wrestling background. So give us um, what. So how did you get into um, you know, starting a company and and building it and Takedown? Talk a little bit about about Takedown. Yeah, man, I was kind of kind of back in a corner. Um, I was a sophomore in college and had a my son. And so I was a division one competitor, had a, had a baby and then had to figure out how to kind of make money and be a competitor at the time. Um, you know, then back then you couldn't, couldn't have a full-time job and be a full scholarship athlete. So it had its challenges. So I started running wrestling training camps and privates and whatnot while I was still competing in college. And then, you know, right when I, right when I was finishing up with my career, I walked off the mat at the NCAA tournament 
Um, I actually got disqualified for running a, what they called at the time. Oh no. We were just going to find out the, Hey, can you say what, can you repeat that? Dustin? Athletes train. Uh, so I left college and opened up a training facility in Georgia. And at the time there was really no model or business model to how to run a training facility for wrestling. And so I opened that up 17 years ago and about a year into it, I couldn't ignore how ugly the sport looked. Um, graphic design, t-shirts, singlets. Um, I came from a family of somewhat fashion, a fashionable background, an awards background. So I kind of knew what things should look like. And I just couldn't ignore how, lack of better words, how shitty the sport looked at the time. So that's when I opened up Takedown Sportswear. Did did you uh, were were you inspired to do that when you saw all the hold my headgear while I kiss your girlfriend T-shirts at wrestling because those are classic. I think you could honestly <laughs> retro is coming back. If you busted out a line of those for takedown, I don't want I don't need any royalty on that. That's a freebie. Man, I tell you, those, those shirts are the re. I have a, a, a pictures in my office that have bob wires in front of the yes. t-shirt i have the the kiss your girlfriend shirts it just man the sport just looks so bad so my my vision back then was just making wrestlers fashionable and being an entrepreneur my whole life um, I'm, I'm about 20 years into this now um, it was really just a push to to embrace the sport of wrestling you know i can't i can't keep talking about what georgia wrestling looked like back 25 years ago but we were considered one of the worst wrestling states in the, in the country. We were laughed about. Uh, I remember going to competitions and seeing, reading on the brackets, oh, you got a Georgia kid, and we were laughed at, you know. So I had a little bit of F you in me growing up, you know, competing against the rest of the country, being a Georgia kid. So, you know, coming back, it was really about helping the next generation of athletes, making wrestlers fashionable, and then pushing this movement towards, you know, Wrestling can be bigger and 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 in in comparison to other sports, and then really trying to make a movement towards people believing that there's a career in wrestling. Um, there was a lot of belief back then on on you know giving back and and helping the next generation, but nobody is really pushing to make money in it or to make it a career. And you you look at Flow Sports or Flow Wrestling now. You look at all the training facilities nationally, like there's been a big shift in people saying, hey, I can actually have a career in wrestling. And, and back then, that was really my thing is like, how do we how do we make wrestlers fashionable? How do we help grow the sport? But then looking at it from the business side is really where my eye, my head was at. What went into the decision? Because this is not a common decision, especially in clothing, but to, you know, make your, your stuff in America. Yeah, good, good question. Um, man, I was I was using the, the traditional third party singlet manufacturers for a couple of years and I had some success at it. But, you know, the world of wrestling was pretty um, limited as far as resource wise. You had the, the brutes of the world. You had the Cliff Keens and those guys were like the staples for 30 years. And then you get someone like me that comes through. That's like, I guess, a, a non normal rule follower. And I was like, well, these guys aren't the only guys that can do this. You know, there's some other guys that can kind of mix this up and, and give a different viewpoint to how the swag's supposed to look. Um, and so using those guys for a couple of years, um, I recognized that we could do it. And so I started manufacturing in-house 
in uh, Lawrenceville, Georgia. We're about 30 minutes north of Atlanta. And today, Takedown has about 100 employees, um, and about 50 of those are, are full-time in production. Dang, that's awesome, man. Um, so what is um, new and exciting for you this, this wrestling year for, your, for you guys? Yeah, good question. First off, I'm just glad to get out of COVID uh, and, get, and get guys back on the mat again. Uh, you know, that isolation from sports the last year and a half has been crazy. Um, so, I'm, A, I'm glad to get the guys back on the mat. Uh, two big things for takedown. Um, I've spent the last three years developing software that that customers and really fans or anybody are able to go on and build uniforms one off. Um, they can design it. They can put their name on it. They can put their number on it. They can brand it themselves, um, order it online. And then we produce and manufacture all in house one off at a time. You can do one. You can do 300. Um, that's been a big shift for us. It's really from the, the customers over the last two decades begging for the ability to, to brand themselves and to order one off. So it took a couple of years to develop the technology and, and, and uh, we launched it about six months ago and it's been crazy successful. So, all right, this could go against everything you stand for, Dustin, but my son yep. is obsessed with Rubik's Cubes. So you're telling me if I got on there okay. and got a, a Rubik's Cube custom singlet, would would that not go against your 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 vision of wrestling looking <laughs> cool? How how would you print that? How, how would you be able to reconcile those differences? That's actually a good good statement. So one of the things we did is is let me start over. We have found that everyone thinks they're creative but the reality is everyone's not, right? And so what we've done is we've created boundaries for people to think they're creative and design it themselves, but really we've restricted them to where <laughs> it's still takedown design, if that makes sense. So you, while you can color and customize it yourself, it's still in the restrictions, the guidelines to make it where it's, 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 it still looks good and stylish. That's good. So it sounds like you don't think Rubik's cubes are cool, so. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I've never been able to figure one out. I don't know how he did. It's yeah. He just what yeah. Uh, it's a it's a weird thing. Okay, well. Um, and then the second the second yeah. thing that you got you guys are actually wearing some of the swag. Uh, Shane's not wearing any takedown today. I see, unless he has a shirt on. His all his shirts have buttons, Dustin. He doesn't own shirts no. without buttons. I do have some I mean, takedown stuff. We, I, I was over with uh, Dustin about a month ago already. We went to the World Series together, which was a good time. Me. But uh, uh, <laughs> here we go. I, I do have I got the some. ATL I version do. on. Yeah, you need to get. Yeah, it's great. Stuff. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's the second part. Um, uh, two years ago, I hired a, a world class team of designers. We really took the feedback from customers' experience. Uh, athlete being from athletes and everyone of, of what swag should feel like, look like, function like. Uh, so I went out and hired a world-class team of designers from uh, Spanx, Louis Vuitton, Tommy Hilfiger, DKNY, and engineered uh, the new takedown, which guys are wearing today. Um, it's an active wear athleisure side. Um, we've been obviously selling the sportswear side for nearly two decades, but we wanted to bring in a more higher level product so you can wear on your day to day. I didn't think you guys would want to wear singlets on, on, on radio. So I figured Speak we needed a more adult version of, of takedown. Listen, 
if you you don't work with JD Raider, but if he <laughs> rolled up with a singlet one day, it wouldn't surprise me. This guy, <laughs> he's got a Joe Diffie shirt. He's got this guy. His his style is all his own. So I wouldn't put a singlet past him. But appreciate the sweatshirts, uh, Dustin. It's it's been nice. It's a little chilly. I mean, it's Austin, mm-hmm. so it's not that that cold. But I think I might have dipped into the thirties. Yeah, this, this morning it's a, it's rare, rarefied air. We're get we're getting down there. It's uh, Christmasy. Although you're you're in Atlanta, so you get a little. It doesn't get but so cold there either. It's, it's cold here today. I think it's in the uh, uh, low 40s. Oh, dang. Okay. All right. So a little chilly. All our, all our Pennsylvania and Iowa listeners are just rolling their eyes at us talking about this. <laughs> like those are cold weather. It's like, that's called September, guys. Cool. <laughs> well, Dustin, um, it's been it's been awesome having you on. Is there anything else uh, before, before we like get We got to hear about how he got DQ'd. It cut out. Oh, yeah. It got cut out when you got... <laughs> DQ'd. What did you do to get DQ'd? Um, man, I had I had nightmares for a lot of years after this, but I've, I've, I've forgiven the guy since then. Um, Tim Foley and I had a, a battle battle throughout my senior year. I think he was ranked seventh in the country. Um, he beat me pretty bad uh, on our home uh, home uh, match my senior year, and then we wrestled in the ACC finals, but. Back then, he used to do like a reverse funk roll. And so before the Askren days, the funk was a traditional roll. And he would do a reverse funk where he'd raise his arm up. And when your hips flipped, um, you, 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 you didn't naturally go the right way. And he just, man, he dominated the country with it. He was very successful. So watched a crazy amount of film on it, um, came to the ACC tournament, uh, and, and still lost to him by a point. Well, man, who would have thought we, you know, we get to the NCAA tournament, we're, I think, a round or two away, blood round, and uh, we match up against each other. And I'd watched so much film on him for two months because I was frustrated at this reverse funk. I had to figure out how to overcome, you know, this this kind of new technique to the world. And I'd taken him down. I rode him for about a minute and a half. And then I threw an arm bar, the same arm bar that I pinned my guy in the high school nationals with. They called it illegal. Um, he went out on the, the side of the mat and, you know, I'm bouncing around thinking we're still going to continue the match and his coach wouldn't let him come back on the mat. And so from that point forward, I got DQ'd and was never able to compete again. Oh, dang. That's a yeah, big What a downer. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> downer, hey, hey, well, you're talking to, to three guys uh, that or four guys that never even made it that far. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty freaking awesome yeah. story either way. I Man, well, it's funny I you wrestled. I think that's why, you know, when, I, when when God takes things away from you like that, why I spent the next 15 years training that next generation of athletes in, in Georgia, and I put all that fire into those guys. And so, um, you know, sometimes things get taken from you, but you can bounce Where back Georgia's from. at now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's amazing to see where, where Georgia has become. And it's just like it just comes down to coaching and having the infrastructure there. And what you've done, compound with – uh, Lee at the time, and then and Fretwell, and I know there's other clubs. I just don't know them as as intimately, and that's really all it takes. The athletes are everywhere to be to be had. So, thanks for thanks for raising the bar at uh, at Georgia, and thanks for raising the bar for fashion for wrestlers too, Dustin. Appreciate you. Thanks, Dustin. Well, thanks for coming on. See you we'll, later, Dustin. We'll catch you next time, Dustin. Have a good day. Thank See you, guys. Ya. Appreciate it. Yep. See you, brother. Okay, next up, that was Dustin Kawa. 
of takedown sportswear. I'm getting a little I'm getting a little toasty now. It's a little warm. We like to cut off the AC in here because it's loud and I it gets a little cold, but now I'm wishing it was cranking a little bit, but it kind of messed up the mics. You know, what? I'm going to get tough today, Shane. I'm going to wear a sweatshirt and be mildly warm. So, <laughs> yeah. let's uh let's talk adversity. Shane's probably it's good to have a good little lather. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. So where do we want to go to next? We've got a lot of, a lot of different options. I kind of just want to find something to yell at Shane about right now because, you know, I follow this guy on Twitter, and he gets me all fired up. And we were talking – there was a freestyle folk-style fight that you were starting the other day. I don't know if you want to get into that, Shane. We can I guess, go anywhere. I mean, I, yeah, I, I could talk about this every week, so I don't want to bore people with the details. I mean, it's just – I appreciate both styles of wrestling, but it, it makes me laugh when I hear about how – exciting freestyle wrestling is it's like freestyle is just so exciting all the time it just i i just i don't get it i don't get it like freestyle is one it's always so exciting and number two the rules are so simple like freestyle rules are so much easier to understand than folk style it's it's i, I do not understand it i don't think I've anybody seen, says that I've i don't say so i freestyle matches I think that's a straw man on the rules. I think the rules may be better than folk styles. I don't think anyone thinks, oh, they're so simple. Um, but on on the entertainment side, I think on the whole, the, the matches have more action. By And there's a lot of wrestlers who you watch them in folk style versus freestyle. It's a completely different thing. And t- take Not the great for- ones. It's, it's about the wrestlers and not as much about the style. The guys that know how to wrestle and score points, look at the people that win medals, Christian. Those guys score points. It doesn't matter what style it is. They go out there to score points. It's more about the wrestlers than it is about the style. I'm not saying the style has nothing to do with it, but guys that want to score points, like before we said wrestling's wrestling, that's not true. But this one, you know, wrestlers wrestle in both styles, that's accurate. David Taylor doesn't seem to have a hard time scoring points in either style. I mean, he doesn't seem to have a problem. Kyle Dake doesn't seem to have, look look a whole lot different. These guys, Jordan Burns scores points. These guys are great wrestlers that have an attitude of going out there, imposing their will on their opponent, and scoring points. And everybody talks about it. I mean, how many times have we heard this in an interview? Oh, I got to get to my offense. Well, then get to it. Then get to it. Let it fly and, and create some movement and score some points. I just, since when, and again, I like freestyle wrestling, but it cracks me up that, you know, a leg lace and a gut wrench is like, God, is that the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life? I, mean, I think, Shane, I'd like to hear your opinion on this. I, I love both styles, um, but what I find about watching folk styles, I feel it's, it's more predictable as you, as you get into a match. You're like, oh, okay, he got the first takedown, and now he's trying to work towards riding time. He needs to get an, the other guy needs to get an escape. So that when they go into the second period, he's not down by two instead of down by one. I just feel like folk style is a little bit more predictable. And you see the same set of scores, and you go, okay, this yep. guy got a takedown, this guy escaped in mm-hmm. the second period, and then this mm-hmm. guy got another takedown. Like, yeah. Where, yeah. Whereas in freestyle, it's like, oh, you can you can get a single leg into a lace, and all of a sudden he can get four or six points, and he's and that's back what's in the great match. about freestyle. No right. doubt about it. I mean that that is awesome with freestyle when it's when it's seven nothing in folk style i mean from that from that standpoint then it's strategy how do i find a way to get eight you know if i'm that guy that's that's down by seven can i win i'm trying to think what match it was we did uh i think it was brayton lee and, and wyatt sheets a couple weeks ago where uh 
like you know, Brayton Lee's dominating the match, but I but 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 Sheet scored like a takedown in the final like thirty seconds, I believe it was. He didn't get majored. Like that's the kind of stuff I look for there. But you're right. What I one thing I love about freestyle is when it's seven nothing in folk style, the match is probably over. I mean, the question is, will there be bonus points in freestyle when you're up seven nothing? You are not safe. And yeah. that, that is something I love about freestyle wrestling. No question. I love that about and, freestyle and wrestling. And I think you just, it may have been a cell phone accidentally there, Shane, because in freestyle, you have the ability to generate points at a higher clip, right? Whereas that is just not really often an option in, in folk style. It's a lot harder to, to string those points together just because inherently it's just easier to score in freestyle and i think it makes for for more entertaining wrestling now you had the 10-0 when your guy gets a takedown to a lace that's not the that's not the best match for sure but um i think i think that the element of unpredictability is what makes it, it makes it really really exciting it's, to watch. It, that's a great aspect I, but i mean i've seen plenty i mean plenty of these nobody does anything first periods like they happen plenty I mean, it's, it's like, it's not like a bunch of guys are scoring a ton of points and I love the action on their feet, but, and this is just an opinion. And this is where I'm, it's going to be really tough to ever get me to go over to the other side. I love mat wrestling. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. mat wrestling. So if you love mat wrestling, folk style is, is, you know, that's probably what you're going to like. I love, Let's... I love mat wrestling. And the other thing I like too is I know we talk about pushouts and stuff like that. I love edge wrestling, and I know it gets a little dicey with the rules. I like watching guys navigate that edge. It's just I just like it. I'm That's why I, that, I think the edge wrestling is is better in freestyle, personally, because I think you see more risks taken and guys working harder to stay inside. Whereas you guys can just go out of bounds and they'll even eat a warning. It's kind of no penalty, and maybe they don't even get warned and they'll just call call action. But you know what you don't get in freestyle wrestling? Have you guys watched? I'm I'm saying you guys got, need to watch Tanner Cook right now. Tanner Cook for South Dakota State is as crazy a wrestler that's that's high level that I've seen in, in a while. This guy wrestled Andrew Sparks um, Sunday, and I'll just give you a, a narrative on how this match materialized. Andrew Sparks is really good. We all know this guy's okay. Andrew Sparks comes out. Cook is just hanging that leg. He's just like Darian Caldwell, just like baiting it. Let. Sparks takes the bait. He goes Gator Bacon. Okay, he loses it. Goes right to a mixer. 4-0, Tanner Cook. Guy gets away. Sparks gets away. 4-1. Sparks back in on the leg. Gator Bacon, terrible. He's just laying on his back in the Gator Bacon. But he somehow ends up with a seatbelt and comes out on top. It's 6-1, Tanner Cook. Then this lunatic gets taken down. And double leg power half twice. He's down 11-6 after getting up 6-1. Gets up, period change. Guy shoots again, Andrew Sparks, and he hits a gator bacon and pins this guy. This, you don't see that in free. He would have been teched in freestyle in like 22 seconds. But instead, <laughs> this guy, I mean, he is, he, is a, he is nuts. Tanner Cook is nuts. I'm voting him the most nuts wrestler in NCAA. You need to watch this guy. He's really, really fun. Shane, you're going to love this guy if you haven't got to watch him yet. Yeah, looking forward to uh, to, I just love the attitude. I mean, go out there, let it fly. And I know it's easy for us to say that, you know, sitting behind the computers. But uh, just create it. I mean, it doesn't matter what style of wrestling it is. When guys go out and wrestle, it's fun to watch. If they don't, it's not that good. But it's, it's, 
There's plenty of boring, and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of boring folk style matches too. I mean, there's plenty of them where it's like, gosh, I mean, like, you know, like, what, what are you doing? Like, do something, fight. Yeah. What's your go-to when you're when you're when you're calling a match and you know it's a it's a snoozer? How do you how do you uh, fill the time? What's your move? I you know quite honestly I just let Jim Gibbons go go off on something. <laughs> I mean that's, Jim Jim's got a great line where he just if he, he'll be the first to tell you hey if it's quiet for a second I'll just jump in. So I mean it's he's I never have to worry. There, there's never any anxiety. I know Jim will come in with with, with something, but. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it's, you know, you don't get, you don't get too many of them, but, but, uh, I mean, nobody, it, it's just, nobody wants to watch it. It's just not entertaining. Right. I mean, that you got to score points, put some yeah. points on the board. So some other news, there are there quite a few notable results this week, uh, this weekend in wrestling. Um, the maybe biggest one, I don't know. In, in my mind, it's, it's the biggest was Braxton Amos going down to Troy Rogers of Hofstra. Hofstra had a nice showing in this duel. Charles Small beat Chris Weiler. And then the very next match, Trey Watt, uh, Trey Rogers beats Braxton. And it looked like Braxton was probably going to cruise to a relatively close win. He was up uh, a point. He was up three, one in the third. And then it was, I think a pretty bad hands to the face call, but it, it, terrible. It was ter- borderline terrible. Um, he had got, he had been warned like literally 10 seconds before for what looked to be a more obvious one where it's more to if I could smack JD's face, I would, and maybe later I will. But, um, the, he got warned for that. And then a little bit later he came right, right, right there, like the on the top of the head, right? The hairline. And he got called for it. But then that wasn't what lost him the match or lost the match. Then he got taken down and ridden out at the end of the third, which forced overtime. And he got taken down again. So then the question is, you know, we just watched this guy win Junior Worlds. We watched him win Junior World Bronze and Greco. And it's like, you can't say anything but what's going on with, with Braxton. Because these, this result is just outside of alignment with what we've seen him do. To me, I think, well, okay, what are the variables? There's a couple of variables. One, it's a different style, okay? I don't really think that is the issue here. I think he's like 16 pounds lighter um, at, at 197, from 213 down to 197. To me, that's the factor. To me, I think that's the the issue. That's when I look at it and I see a dynamic wrestler not look very dynamic at to me, I think it's it, I think it's cut related, and I think this version of Braxton Amos. Is, listen, I, I said the guy's going to win national title as a freshman. I don't think that's reality anymore. I think he doesn't look like I expected him to look down at 197, and I think he's going to have a great Division One career. But I I think I think he might not be a 197, and we'll see. It could be something early in the season, like you know we all know Jay Jaggers. It took him half a year to get to where he was feeling good down 141. And then by March, he was the baddest dude at the weight two different times. So it could be one of those situations. I don't know. But yeah. part of me just wonders if he's too big. I think he's going to figure it out. And I think, you know, you see a lot of freshmen take those early season losses. But um, before Junior Worlds, I did like a little research thing about over the last 10 years, our Junior World champs and our Junior World medalists. Every Junior World champ since 2010 – has either wrestled in the NCAA finals or won an NCAA championship mm. um, already. So it's like, I don't know. I, I think that's a match in November, and you come March, you, you kind of feel like you're going to see a different guy. 
If you want great stats, you got to follow John on social media. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love. That. I mean, he's got so many, so many good nuggets. You do a great job, John. I love following your stuff. What are your? Th- I mean, you're. What's the word in Wisconsin about Braxton? I mean, everybody's just super excited to have him. I mean, he's the he's the the face of the program right now. I, I think that's fair to say, even though he's not. You know, he's just a he's just a freshman. But uh, I, I just. These things you never know. I mean, you, you might be right. I, I kind of think it's early yet. Wait and see yeah. what happens. Maybe, you know, maybe now some of the pre- perhaps, you know, now the pre- you got a loss. Now that pressure's off. That goal's gone. Go out and get the next best thing. Um, he's super talented. Again, you know, mainly doing Greco and freestyle. You mentioned he got rode out in the third period. You know, having to you know work from getting out on bottom. This is a this is a different ball game. I think. As much as anything, what I've come to realize in the last 10 years is how tough it is to win matches at this level. I mean, everything's got to go right. I mean, maybe – I'm just making this stuff up, okay? But maybe he got – maybe he was his girlfriend the night before. Like, I have no idea. Maybe he didn't sleep well. I mean, it it can be one of a million things. It just makes me appreciate how tough it is to win. But I I, I definitely would say this, Christian. If you made the prediction that he was going to win the, the title this year, don't jump off now. <laughs> don't jump off. You got you got it. You got to hang with this one. Well, too late. You already jumped off. Now you got to stay on that track. I'm I'm jumping. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you the guy that I jumped off on last year. I'll give you. I'll give. Take my advice on this. Last year, first match on the Big Ten Network. It's early January. It's Minnesota at uh, Nebraska, and I I said to Jim before because I don't really make big predictions during the broadcast. But I said to Jim before we went on, I go. I go, I think the guy this year, if any guy, if I could pick one guy this year that makes the biggest jump, that has that when it's all said and done, like, wow, what a season. I said it was going to be Patrick McKee. <laughs> well, first match out there, Liam Cronin goes out there, basically takes it to him. The rest of the season, McKee is like, you don't know what. I had no idea it was going to happen. And he <laughs> takes third at the tournament. And I so much wanted to be like, I told he was going to, but I, I couldn't do it because I knew I'm like, oh, I kind of jumped off. Now, with that being said, I will say this. Same scenario. We're at Nebraska a couple weeks ago, and I tell Jim, I go, I'll tell you my guy that's going to have a big year, Peyton Rob. And that one, I'm not jumping off on. Because I think, you got to remember, what yeah. he was third in the Big Tens as a freshman at 157. I mean, yes. the guy is really freaking good. So I'm not jumping off of that one, but I wouldn't jump off of – don't jump off of Amos yet. Too early. Stay. Listen, you know, it's, I'm, it's like I'm, riding the Bitcoin train. Yeah, I'm. I'm blinded by. Uh, I'm. I'm blinded by by my bias here with Braxton, and um, so it's it's it can cloud my judgment maybe a little bit. But um, yeah, with Peyton Rob, I don't know if I've we've had a show since uh, we talked about it after he beat O'Connor. That was alarming. But man, this guy was up five two on David Carr in the third period. Me and Brandon yeah. talked about it. I mean that that is so. I mean. Yeah, he lost. Yeah, I mean, Carr Carr showed why he's a champion, right? He got the escape takedown and takedown sudden victory. That's that's the real deal. But being up like that, it's not like those. You see a lot of hype and hope attached to a three-two loss, where a guy loses by a point, but was he really close? Yeah, maybe he got to a leg or one thing. That's not this up five-two late and requiring David Carr to get an escape takedown and takedown sudden victory is a different sort of thing, and. When you combine that with he's down, he's back down at 157, where I guess he should have been, probably would have been better off last year. And then. And I think he would have had it not been the free year. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you factor in that he already beat Austin O'Connor, who looked looked great this weekend. I mean, he looked fine. Uh, so, I mean, you, you can't say he's anything but a title contender in a really deep way. And um, I can't wait to watch him. This weekend. It, this weekend. In, Ryan Deacon's going to be there. Quincy Monday. Brayton oh, Lee. Lee Willow on. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Quincy Monday, I think he looks phenomenal too. And he is he's going to be tough for me to pick against. He's I think he's going to be a tough guy to take down. He's got the takedowns. I think he's looked really good. I have no idea how this – I think Quincy could win it. I think Ryan Deacon could win it. I think Peyton Robb could win it this weekend. And I'm just talking about Vegas. I'm not even talking about NCAAs. Um, there's there's a lot of really really good guys. I'll put my finger on a, a particular guy at, at uh, on Thursday's show. I'm not ready to choose just yet, but man, Peyton Rob for sure. But a lot of people that weight like, class is great. Here's the thing though, and there was a lot of chirping about Peyton Rob. He's always been no, he's not. He's always been good. He's never ever yep. ever been contender, considered a title contender. So don't act like you this this is this is new. Him being good is not new. Him being a title contender is absolutely new at every point in his career, right? So let's let's call yeah. it what it is. And let's give credit to incredible improvement, okay? It's not that we ever said, oh, he'll never be good. It's just that, well, we hadn't seen that yet. And now we're seeing it, and he is he's absolutely the, the real deal. And he's a ton of fun to watch. Um, yeah, and I didn't pick him to win the title. I, I still... Um... I mean, 157 is just so darn good. And oh. Carr, I mean, you said it before, Carr finds ways to win. I mean, that was – because Rob, you know, what impressed me with Rob is that I believe he took O'Connor and Carr down a couple times. Yes. You know, a couple takedowns mm-hmm. in both those matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, two takedowns I mean, on both of them. Man, you know, for Carr to win that match, that is – I mean, that's a that's a great effort by Rob. But I would say this, that's the match he's got to win. Yeah. Right, I mean that's a match he's got to win. You're you got Car, you're up by three in the third. That's when you got to find a way to win. Yeah, and you know what? It may have come down to some mat returns. You know, you ride them a little bit longer. It could have been the difference, right? I, I just love that stuff. I, I know, I know people. The riding time. I, I just there's some. I just love the strategy. The restarts. The and this is any style, but the battles within the battle. You know, 13 seconds left on a restart. I love that situation. I just, it's like, man, can you get away? Or if, if you're on top, can you find a way to return a guy a couple times, finish that period on top, build the riding time? I mean, the analogy that I always give, I, I guess I just, it makes the most sense to me. Those kind of situations are third and one in a football game. I mean, third yeah. and one, that's how you win NFL football games. Keep, move the sticks, third and one, keep the offense on the field. You got to get one yard and it's not easy. It's not easy. I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, just return him a couple times. It's difficult. It's such an attitude. you got to have great technique. But that to me is, hey, you're going to get a first down, 13 seconds left off a restart. Got to return him twice. You're going to get a first down, finish on top. Or you're just going to, you're going to get, you're going to let him outwill you basically. So I love those situations. I love it too. Um, At the Wyoming Cowboy Open, Joe Greenwood took out, um, Mikhail McGee and Julian Klebov, which is a huge, huge result for him. This is one week after he got pinned by a guy from Minot State at the Eunice Hospitality Open. Some people are saying that the Eunice Hospitality Open is the toughest college open. They might in be. Kearney, Nebraska. <laughs> it could be the toughest <laughs> tournament in Kearney, Nebraska. But it's definitely a step up for, for Joe Greenwood. And 
man, I mean, what can you say about Coach Branch other than he just he just develops guys just over time. Those guys just get better and better at Wyoming, and so I'm excited to see him. And that's a little bit of uh, that's if you're if you're Arizona State man, you're you're looking for for Mikhail McGee to to win that match. And you know the McGee Klebo. That's a that's a real competition there. I don't think McGee is gonna lose his spot by any stretch, but I think Klebov is is doing everything he can to to try to put himself in position to start there. So that was a notable result. And another thing on the Arizona State lineup front, Kyle Valencia beats number ten Hayden Hastings at the Wyoming Cowboy Open. And what does that mean for? He's still in red shirt, right? So now he's obviously your best option at that weight. But is he? Do you pull the trigger and, and bring him out? That's my question. Um, yeah, I think you do. Uh, I think Arizona State's going to be pushing for a trophy, no doubt. And uh, you know, put your best lineup out there. Try and win a trophy. Nowadays, I used to be more, you know, redshirt a guy, let him mm-hmm. develop. Um, but I think in this age and age, if you got a guy and he's your best guy and he is ready. Let him run. Yeah, that match against Hastings, too, was, like, a really impressive match for a freshman to win and kind of speaking to, the, like, the points that Shane was talking about earlier. He was able to, like, defend a takedown really late in the second period, and then he scored late in the third uh, with, like, a minute or 45 seconds left to like kind of go up ahead. And so for me, like, that's a win for a freshman that really says a lot about the development of where um, Kyle's at. Yeah, I, I think – one one thing to consider with the true freshman debate is, well, we, you want them ready not for November. You want them ready for March. And the, the the arc of a true freshman from November to March, they're going to be a different guy. So you've got Kyle in November is beating a number 10 guy. You have to assume he's going to continue to make strides there for Arizona State. And by the time, you know, Pac-12s and NCAAs comes around, who knows where he's going to be. And And I really thought going into this year, I was like, there's no way they use him because I, I watched him and I felt like you can see all the tools or a lot of the physical abilities there and he really knows how to wrestle. But there were a few things that really concerned me about him that I just knew it would probably take a year or so to address. Like the guy shoots a lot from space and just like has to finish a lot from here, extended and figured out ways to finish. But if he's able to beat someone as good as Hastings right now, then um, – he may be his his improvement is happening at an accelerated rate, and in that room, and that maybe that's not that surprising, especially when you consider his pedigree. So it'll be an interesting thing to to watch with Arizona State to see what they do at one sixty five, seventy four, seventy four. Excuse me. And then with uh, Foy, Tanner Sloan, who uh, that's uh, that surprised me a lot. I would not have expected Foy to beat Tanner Sloan. It was not. All that competitive. I believe nine to three was the final. Yeah, yeah. I think, and it was four four takedowns to none for Foy over Sloan, which he basically dominated from from start to finish. And it, it was cool to see Gable wrestle again uh, at uh, in Minnesota, took taking out AJ Nevels, and then uh, more of high school wrestlers doing awesome in college opens. Hawkeye commit Colby Franklin dominates the Matt Town Open. I think he had a tech fall in the finals. Correct, he did. Total beast. Uh, so very impressive there. Which is crazy to think about. I mean, what, you know, guy, high school kids, I mean, 
used to be that you would see the high school guys wrestling at the Midlands, and that was like the big. But now they're wrestling in, the, in all the opens. Um, I we should. I hope we see some more high school kids wrestle at, at Midlands. That would be amazing. I know that Jesse Mendez had an interest in that. I don't know if he's still considering that, but I would love to see him throw his hat in the ring at Midlands. Yeah. Okay. It's unanimous. <laughs> um, there it is. Okay, Jesse, please enter. I saw um, wrestle as much as you can, Jesse. I don't know if you guys talked about this already, but Jesse uh, Delvecchia said he might wrestle at Midlands. Ah, yes. Oh wow. Yeah, that'd be cool. Fun. Now, what's he doing now? Coaching. Is he coaching at Ryder? He's coaching at Army. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, I guess I didn't realize that. Okay. Jane Cox is training with Cejudo and John Jones. That was kind of cool. Uh, John Jones says he got. Uh, Completely humbled. John Jones could use some Jaden Cox in his life. He needs some better influences. <laughs> this guy, all the talent in the world, he needs someone that he needs someone that's his size or close to it that can. Hey, John, you're not driving, dummy. Hey, John, put that away. Death Texas and John Jones getting arrested. Yeah, yeah. So Jaden Cox, not you need to. You could help him turn turn his life around. So, um, but uh, well, they were wrestling, wrestling together. At? Yeah, I guess in Albuquerque. Um, okay. Jane likes to do these things where he just travels all over. Uh, like he'll he'll train people. with Gordon Ryan and Nicky Rod yeah. and John Jones. And... It's like all of a sudden he's just in New York City. <laughs> yeah, he's in New York. So yeah, I and there's I'm curious where Jaden's gonna wind up, you know, long term with with all this. You know, I and speaking of Michigan, does Sean Bormek get that one done too? And KJ. You got the KJ connection. I mean, all the stars kind of aligned for for Jaden to go there. I know he's got an NJRTC affiliation, but it's tough to not look at Michigan as like a great option for for Jaden. Yeah, yeah that would that be a good fit. That'd be a good fit, no doubt. Okay, let's go to questions from friends. Uh, there's quite a few. We'll get to some of them. I promise. Um, and this is something that, that gets more and more momentum. And for whatever reason, last week became a, a topic of conversation. But Mark Vettel wants to know, what's the argument for making wrestling a one-semester sport? And I suppose the argument is shorten the season. The season's too long. You know, November, December, January, February, March. Five months is too long to be wrestling. That's part of the argument. Uh, I think academically... Um, we could we could take it from a former NCA NC2A athlete JD Raider. It's I think it's really tough to navigate two different semesters. Um, maybe you could speak to that a little, JD. And a lot of times there's issues with eligibility, like taking a certain number of credits, or if your GPA wasn't high enough one semester, uh, you have to like sit out a semester. So the the push is like okay, you can focus kind of. Make sure your grades are in line one semester so that you know you'll be eligible for the entire season, so to say, if it was second semester. Yeah. So I I think it would be, to me, the argument is let's get our NCAA tournament away from freaking March Madness as far as we can. Let's not have that overlap anymore. Let's have it in April, right, kind of on an, on an island. I think that would be great. Now, my argument against it is, I worry the impact on freestyle. If we're for finishing NCAs at the end of April, what does that mean for the open? What does that mean for trials? What does that mean for for final X, et cetera? Because the bottom line is, 
the NCAA is is the is our USA Wrestling feeder program for our guys, and not always a feeder program. It's got the guys: Yanni, Gable, Mason, Dayton, on and on. Uh, so, with that considered, I would be reluctant to move it that close to the Open and other tournaments. And I think now the on the other hand, I think USA could figure it out because I think you could conceivably back up open trials final x compress that slightly and get them away from each other but because if worlds are going to be in i think they're going to keep worlds in september moving forward right john Is that yeah the plan? i'm not i'm not sure i was just getting ready to look that up i think i think the uww wisely wants to keep the world championships on at a set period of time and not have it October, this August, September. I think they want to have it in September. So if it's in September, you could have your final X in July and have a reasonable amount of time. Now here's me saying what you know the best way to optimize athletes, but I think that's reasonable, right? We did it. Sure, we had a fine showing in Oslo, and there was only like 18 days between our trials and 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 the World Championships. So I think it can be done. Yeah, next two years, our second third week of September, and then um, they did release. Uh, world team trials qualifying um, procedures us team usa just did and they're accepting the top three at ncas this year rather than just uh, champs so i think you could do something like that too where you let more all americans in so you kind of guarantee those those top level college guys competing in freestyle because it was just champs prior yeah. right mm-hmm. so now top three get in so that's a uh... That, and that's another way for USA to sort of work around it. It's like, well, if we have more guys in, then they don't have to necessarily qualify via the Open, which would be right after, right after NCAAs. So, um, Christian, do, do, yeah. do, does, anybody, does anybody argue the other side? I mean, I, it, it just seems like anytime this comes up, it's at least what I read or hear, it's one semester, one semester with, with a variety of reasons, some of which you mentioned. Is anybody, do you know of any coaches that are, like strongly against it, I literally haven't Say, heard no, one. Gotta... I haven't heard. Yeah, one. I haven't either. Yeah, I don't know what the the case would be. I mean, w- one of the things you could say to refute it is like a lot of people attribute the lack of seeing starters right now to the length of the season. But I, I actually don't think it solves that problem at all. I think you shorten it down to January, February, March, April. You're still gonna see guys sitting out a, a lot of duels. I sure. Still, I just think that's wrestling now. Right or wrong, for whatever reason, if it's... Unless someone is punished for sitting out, it will be pretty much what we've seen moving forward. Yes. Now, here's a great question from Mark Vettel, um, which ties into this, which is why I sort of segue. Would seeing wrestlers at the NCAA tournament based on their school's performance at the weight class solve the ducking problem? Would it be fair? I like the idea because it rewards team depth. I actually really like this idea. I think it's good because I think it accomplishes. And also, I've suggested this for UWW. I feel like for that ranking series, like when Sajalayev comes in unranked, it's just like it's silly, right? So if you got Russians going to ranking tournaments, earning ranking points, I think that would be great. And I think for NCAA wrestling, it's kind of different, like international to college a little bit because in international, you – incentivize the individual because you want the individual star to go 
I think those rankings. I do, but I think I think. But what happens is they don't go, and you have disingenuous seeds. Where Uh, Mm -hmm. that's what happens. So that's what I want to avoid. The thought and the process behind it is, hey, stars come to these Mm -hmm. tournaments. Isn't that what would happen though if we? Did the same thing where we tied it to the teams rather than to the individual. Yeah. So you'd be like, well, it doesn't matter what Spencer Lee gets seated. So if he's if he's the number thirty two mm-hmm. seed, he's going to roll his way through, and then it it punishes guys who have wrestled all year and have earned that high seed with when you just throw Spencer into the mix. That is the counter. Yeah. That's the 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 obvious counter is like you're going to have a if if Iowa doesn't use Spencer till Big Tens or something like that, which I don't I don't think it's going to be the case, but it's just a hypothetical. Um, then their seed's low, and then he ends up the sixth seed, and that screws the three and the two. And and I think seeding over the past few years at NCAAs has been better than in years past, right? Yeah. From what I can remember. Well, I think Mark's point is, or his hypothesis is, we're not seeing guys because of seeding purposes. I don't mm-hmm. honestly think that's it. I don't think anyone's protecting seeds. A lot of these times you're seeing guys not wrestle against the higher-ranked guy. Right where it's only to their benefit to wrestle, mm-hmm. I think there's it's another thing going on um, that is prohibiting these guys from from seeing full lineups as as often. Um, there's one. Uh, there's an interesting question. Um, let me see if I can find it. Is Nikki Wolverine one of the best at creating hype in our sport? Yes. I was I say yes. Um, people people are excited to watch Nick. People are excited. I think the mystery about him, I think the unpredictability of his basically entire career makes people really interested in in watching him for for whatever reason. Uh, kind of backtracking a little bit. So do you like the idea of a ranking point system to seed? I kinda, yeah, I, I don't see what the harm would be. I think it'd be good. Uh, I... You think about right now with Michigan or Iowa, they're 25. Like, if um, what what I wouldn't like is okay, Nick comes back second semester. He only gets a handful of matches plus Big Tens, and his seed's not great because he hasn't been in the streets all week. Even though Michigan's had a 25 that's been doing really good, pretty good for him with Medley, then the seed could be. I think it makes it can make more genuine. Seeds. Here's what I like. Okay, well, what about a really good guy's wrestling gets hurt, and then the backup's not great, and he gets a really good seed? That is the indisputable other side of the coin. <laughs> I like I like putting the seeding out all year long, so you can see where guys are Ooh. at and re- you know man ranking all year long. That would so be so say, fun. Okay, Spencer Lee's number one. So it's like the college football series. When those come out on whatever, Sunday night or Monday, you're like, oh my gosh, Cincinnati's out of the top five or they're in the top four or whatever it is. I think that would make more of intrigue and keep keep focus on what's going on throughout the season. we got to do that. What Shane, a- pull some strings. I, I, I like that. The only thing, and, and I really like that idea on its surface. I just wonder then, would people shut it down? I, I don't know. What yeah. do you mean by you know, shut it down? If you had a super high seed, would you... Oh, like not you wrestle? Super high seed, not wrestle then, lower seed? Then, then, yeah, yeah. Well, that, the, I don't know. The, the thing is, that's what, like I'm saying, unless someone is punished for not wrestling against No, I've always lower agreed seed. with that. I well, they just have don't know what point, the answer is. They have a point system already. They have like their matrix thing. Yeah. They yes. run it all already. So mm-hmm. it's like they have that already set in place. And then if they still have the conferences... 
it's going to change after the, you know, because so then focus goes on the conference championship, and then there's the big question afterwards. Okay, you know, where do they where do they lie now? Yeah, just crunch them again. Just crunch them. Just hit the button. Well, how do you feel about similar to the college football playoff, where you have to you don't necessarily like at your conference tournament qualify in. It's okay. We we're taking the top thirty three guys based on this alone, and it, you see it all season long. You saw the conference tournament, but it's to win the title, not to qualify in. I don't know. I kind of like the I like the auto qualifier thing. I think it's good. I mean, the bottom line is the best thirty three guys get in almost without fail. Bottom line is it's thirty three guys. The best guys are getting in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that would definitely, yeah. Let's. Would that be bad? What would be the negative of that? If all, if you just didn't see, if conference had nothing to do with it, conference would have still have tremendous value because you'd be able to go from. It's for your conference. It, it's still a huge tournament for your conference. Well, let's say champs title. still get in. I think champs should always get in. If you win your D one conference, you get in. Okay. Well. Can see. That's pretty much the case anyway with the amount of conferences. I think there would be instances where that would not be the case. Um, but anyway, uh, so I would like – I think it would be cool to see it. Um, but I don't know if we will. What college football's done where every week matters is it's yes. fantastic. Every single week it's big time. Listen, and everybody seeing, waits for yeah. nights. I mean, when the rankings come out, I mean, they've just – they have mastered that, I think, college football. Yeah, it's as as different and individual sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's t- it's so. tough. I mean, there's no scenario where you don't see the the Alabama starting quarterback every week. Not play. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's routine. You're not even surprised. When it's like, oh, this star wrestler's not wrestling. This star wrestler's not wrestling. Is it? Okay, that's go to make a dual championship the title and make every dual matter by like. Okay, we're only taking the top eight teams, and you basically can't lose a duel. But a lot of these guys, I mean, you can hold out. Take take Iowa's example. You can hold out five stars and still win a duel. So it's tough to, yeah. You it, you know, there's not still not many teams that can make these guys lose. To, to me, it's 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 the the magic wand, right? I mean, that's the it's the biggest. To me, it's the biggest thing in wrestling as far as like what what I love to fix if I could. And I'm not saying none of this stuff makes sense. You got to be healthy. I mean, as long as the ultimate goal is, you know, winning that, that NCAA championship in March, yeah, if that's the objective, then you, you navigate things differently. But yeah. I've just always thought wrestling has, and, and we've gotten a lot better, but marketing the stars. I mean, you look at other sports, it's about the star power, and uh, people want to see the stars wrestle. So when they don't, I mean, can you, I mean, I'm just putting myself in the, you know, as a 10 year old kid. I mean, I remember guys being, I was just telling my son this story this weekend. My favorite college wrestler is Chad Zapital. Wrestled for Iowa, three-time finalist, three-time runner-up. He's my favorite guy. And I can remember being like 14, 15 years old, 15, 16, going to watch Iowa, Wisconsin, or the Big Tens in 92 were in Madison. And Chad Zapital's like warming up, and I'm like over by him, just praying to God he makes eye contact with me. I mean, I just absolutely... It was a game changer for me. It, it, it like literally changed the way I thought about the sport because I, I was able to see the Hawkeyes. It was the coolest thing ever. 
And of course, Tom and Terry, the Steiners, Chelsvig, Ryan, those teams were so good. Yeah. But can you imagine like, and I know, you know, that you don't owe the fans anything. I, I mean, you know, I mean, you can argue both sides of these things, but being a, being a little kid going to Carver Hawkeye and Spencer Lee doesn't wrestle. Like that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Know? That's a yeah. C. Yeah. And yeah, no, no question about it. Um, and I'm not saying he should have, you know, I mean, if he's right. injured and can't go. At the end of the day, coach's job is to win in March and an individual's job is to win in March. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. We had an interesting so Spencer question here. It's, it's if he continues to wrestle limited matches and finishes the season with 10 to 15 total, does that eliminate him from Hodge contention or does the fact that he'll be winning his fourth title keep him in it? It keeps him in because yeah, I assume they, he'll they, take or pin pretty much everybody he wrestles, which will keep him in because not that many other people are going to do it, but it definitely hurts him. Gable's of course wrestling. it hurts them. It yeah. hurts him. He wrestles 15 matches and Gable Stevenson wrestles 25. It's over. I mean, all things if all things well, play out the way we expect. It's a, I wouldn't it's say a, it's over because Gable's probably going to get held to a major, you know, a handful of times. And if Spencer yeah, texts or pins. This, this is the other elephant in the room. And I love Spencer Lee. I love He's one of the all-time greats. But this gets back to the Spain and I are going back on the pound-for-pound Who's the pound-for-pound pound best college wrestler right now? It's Gable Stevenson. It's Gable Stevenson. I mean, Luke Serber this, held him to a major decision. Let's not talk like Anthony Cassiope held him to a major decision. What? I'm not following. I'm saying it's not just like the top five guys that are like – Holding him to majors. Not, yeah. He's saying he he had a major against Luke Serber of Oklahoma State. Oh, okay. I mean, that that one, guys, and I I'm not going to speculate on this, but you, you, I mean, I I think that was my opinion there. Is he probably has a lot of respect for John Smith and just <laughs> man. He, you he didn't watch. Didn't, if he would have told Gable Stevenson you got to score twenty points in that dual meet, I think he would have done it. I mean, well, yeah. look at that weight class. At at uh, at heavyweight, yeah, and that's a well, and that's part of the well. The thing is, he he won the Hodge outright last year, but and they they sort of made some changes so that it was a co-Hodge. And I a hundred percent, I a hundred percent for whatever it's worth, disagreed with that as well too. Like if yeah. you're gonna have if you're gonna have a vote, then you have a vote, and however it shakes out, whether people agree with it or not, if that's part of the criteria, you can't change the rules once the game starts, right? I mean, I didn't agree with that either. I mean, so, I, I, I just, yeah. Here's the here's the thing um, that's going to be interesting this year is with the Hodge situation last year, everyone sort of had a limited number, and it was right. really tough for you to get out in front and get those gaudy numbers, right? Whereas with with everyone having basically a full season, you're going to have some champs that maybe have some really ridiculous bonus numbers. Now, are they going to be Spencer or Gable level? That remains to be seen. But with I, I, I don't think we'll see Gable do the full Minnesota uh, schedule either. That would sort of surprise. No, me. I don't think. So. Will he compete this weekend? Yeah, will he? Like, will he wrestle at, I don't, at Vegas? I don't believe so. Um, I, I hope I he does. I don't, I don't know, but I don't expect him to. But I, I don't know. Yeah, it's exactly same here. So I think they're both going to kind of negate each other in that way. I think. When you look at the criteria, there's quality of competition. That would be Edge Gable. Career accomplishments. 
That's going to be Edge Spencer. So those are going to be a wash, right? So then you're going to have to be looking at bonus. You're going to have to be looking at a number of different things. And now it's like, can anyone else enter the conversation? Can anyone else sure. come and be a, a bonus point scoring machine? And, you know, I, I don't know who that would be, right? Is Yanni going to be a big time bonus point scorer? He's traditionally been uh, excellent, but he's not been like a gaudy pinner. Like he, he just, he straight up wins. The guy's lost one match ever. Um, so I don't know. I, I think if he only has 10 matches, 15 matches, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And big you know, time. Big Kyle, time. Kyle Snyder never won a Hodge. He's an Olympic champion, right? So, um, there's, there's, a, you know, that's where I think 33 and 41, 33. Yeah. If I didn't, I mean, 33 and 41, the, the door is open. If, because I, I just, and again, it, it it's based on the criteria, and I'd be lying if I said I know every little criteria of the Hodge, but I can tell it you. matters who you beat. It matters who you beat. Yeah. I mean, come on. That That is one of the criteria. It's pins. It's That's dominance. It's, um, you know, heart and citizenship. That's a big <laughs> one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Technically, Gable's heart is larger. That's probably indisputable. That, that is true. That's seventh criteria. Though. That's the seventh criteria. Actual heart mass. Yes, it's huge. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I love the Hodge. It's. It's. Uh, you know, we we. There's little nits to pick on it, but um, it's it's the best and it's fun. It's a fun little through line for the NCAA season to talk about, it. and it'll be fun to. Spencer, you know, Tom put it out there. He wants the Hodge. He wants to be a three-time Hodge Hodge Trophy winner, and. Um, it's you not know, acting like it. Um, well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, are, are you, know, you guys? A- it's still November. That's that to me. That's that's Tom and Terry's call, though. If he's not wrestling, that's that's their that's their decision and prerogative, right? Um, you, you know what part of the Hodge I, I'm not a big fan of uh, as far as criteria is the career, like mm-hmm. yes. this year shouldn't matter. I, I'm just I'm just not a big like if it's a if it's an award for the year. I'm not a big like. Forget last. I don't care what about last year. This is uh, this is. I'm this fine year. with it as a like tiebreaker. Sure. Um, I'm yeah, with, I'm with Shane. Seven or eight I think five, it should be but... uh, criteria five, though. I think quality of competition should definitely be ahead of it. Heck yeah! But it's not quality of competition yes. should be like a top three criteria because you're yes. going to be more dominant yeah. or less dominant based on your quality of competition. And if you're dominating high quality competition, that is like. You know, the ultimate tribute. It so, matters. Yeah. I mean, and it's it is what it is. It's nobody's fault. Like so and so can't help who they wrestle. I get all that. But when it comes to this, when it comes to the Dan Hodge Trophy, quality of competition, in my opinion, should be huge. Like huge. that's big. I, I, I think it plays a semi-significant role. Like it, it seems like it's taken into account pretty much every year. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, what's fun to talk about? It's nine forty six, so we gotta get the heck out of here. Um, I'm already one minute late for a meeting that they friendly, uh, conveniently <laughs> scheduled for nine forty five. I've done this show since twenty fifteen. At this time, it's okay. I'll be late and it'll be fine. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. I thank Shane Sparks for hopping in. We gotta have someone Love from Wisconsin here, on this show. Uh, thanks for coming on. We'll be back tomorrow. That's Taco Wednesday for those of you at home. We'll have plenty more to talk about CKLV, other wrestling nuggets. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Thank you so much. Shout out to Takedown. Use code FLOW for 20% off. Use code FLOW, F-L-O. Forget the W. There's no W in this code. If you want the deal, it's just F-L-O. 
There it is. Thanks to Dustin Kawa for hopping on. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Goodbye.